Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy and Justin Thomas. Uh, let's see, guys. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday, so just to kind of set the stage, we are uh, right up against the, uh, I guess this is the eve of the high school softball playoffs, and I guess uh, Friday will be the final night of the baseball regular season, so we're right around that juncture of the year when the coaches will get together and vote on the all-district lists, and that means uh, many a uh, heated discussion for, over the uh, uh, the biggest uh, accolade of them all, the District MVP Awards. So let's use this time to uh, let's predict our own District MVPs for both uh, for both baseball and softball seasons. So we'll go um, we'll go district by district, 6A and 5A, and we'll even squeeze in a uh, student athlete spotlight interview with Plano West star Tatum Boyd in the process. So let's start over in 6A. Let's start in Region One, Justin, with District 66A, Louisville ISD Capel. I don't know how you pick a a, a District MVP on the base baseball side of things, yeah. just because, I mean, you've got, I mean, between Flower Mound, Capel, and Marcus, I mean, some of the best pound-for-pound yeah. programs in the state. Definitely. you got two guys that won MVPs of their district last year back, mm-hmm. too, and Hudson Polk from Capel and Blake Mayfield for Marcus. Um, I think Mayfield's definitely going to be in the hunt again for the Marauders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in these MVP talks, a lot of times you almost, like, have to skew it to guys that pitch and hit mm-hmm. if, if those guys are available. And this district has a couple of them that fit that bill. And Mayfield is one of them. He obviously, as I just mentioned, was the MVP last year. Um, he's doing it a good, doing it again for Marcus. Mm-hmm. He's hitting um, right about four, 400, I think 389 or something. So he's, he hits leadoff or, you know, third or fourth, so right at the top of the order. And then he's been, you know, one of their two dominant starters throughout district other uh, – with, along with Tyler Morgan. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously Marcus is having a lot of team success right up there at the top of the standings, so that's going to bode well for him too. But then Flower Mound counters with two of their own that do that. When you look at uh, Austin Wallace and Cam Brown, both of them hit in the middle of the order. Both of them have been, you know, Austin's been the Friday starter, Cam the Tuesday starter mm-hmm. for them in district, and they're both having outstanding seasons. Um, I don't think... Polk in the Coppell offense has produced enough. You know, this district and the pitching it has has a lot to do with that, but I just don't see his offensive stats and what he does from a as a catcher and how he handles the staff being enough to overcome these two-way players. Um, Cam Brown's had a really good year, but I think even though they're not the district, might not be the district champs, Flower Mound, they've been up there the whole way, and when you look at Austin Wallace, he's just having a terrific season. He's got a hit in every game but three in district. He has 12 RBIs in district, and here's his pitching performances in district. 
Six earn six innings, two earned, nine Ks. Six innings, no earned, six Ks. Five and two thirds, no earned, thirteen Ks. Four innings, no earned, seven Ks. Seven innings, no earned, fifteen Ks. Seven innings, no earned, and a school record, eighteen Ks to open district against Louisville. So he's only allowed earned runs in one of his and uh, one of his starts. He's you know averaging well over a strikeout mm-hmm. per inning. So when you s- look at what he's done, you know um, I know Blake Mayfield had a game against Capel where he got touched up a little bit. That could kind of skew his stats and numbers, mm-hmm. even though he's been pretty dominant outside of that. But I think the Texas signee Austin Wallace would be my pick. Interesting. The slimmest of margins in a race like yeah, that. Well, when you're talking about yeah, just seeing some of the best players. It's definitely one that could just come down to uh, who wins the district, or it could be a scenario where the, you know. Flower Mounds, Wallace, and Brown kind of seed votes from each other, and mm-hmm. it ends up being Mayfield. But just on the dominant pitching numbers, I would give it to Austin Wallace. Okay. Because he's been pr- pretty productive with the bat as well. How about over in the uh, the softball side of District 6? Softball is pretty in there. Softball is pretty interesting as well because you have um, two teams, two players from playoff teams that are returning players in Audrey Fox at Hebron and Nora Rodriguez who fit that same bill. Nora's hitting 477, 12 RBIs, 16 runs, and then pitching, she's gone 14 and 4 with a 1.46 ERA. So, very good all around season, but on the fourth place team in that district, I don't know if that's going to be enough to get you mm-hmm. there. Um, Audrey Fox, Hebron, they finished third. Uh, she hit 359, three homers, 18 RBIs, nine doubles, and then had a 2.8 ERA, 177 strikeouts, and 150 innings. So, very good all around season for her. But I think it's going to come down to a Marcus or a, yeah Marcus or Flower Mound player, um, Lexi Benson. She's been one of their key pitchers, and she's having a big offensive season. So is Brooke Lawson, just for this Marcus team that just mashes the ball. But um, you know Flower Mound won the district again. Mm-hmm. They have two candidates. I think it's going to be one of these two. You have Bailey Brennick, six oh three seven homers, thirty six RBIs. But I think the engine that makes Flower Mound go is their senior captain, Kendall Jennings. Um, she hit 486, 11 doubles, 3 homers, 18 RBIs. Also had 15 stolen bases, so she really sets the table. And then this is a Flower Mound team that usually hangs its hat on its base running and defense. And it seems like they turn a double play every every game, basically. Hmm. And as the shortstop, you know, she plays a hand in all those. So I think her defensive ability and base running combined with the offense and being on the champion is going to get her the MVP. Mm. So we projected sweep of the, di- yep. the district MVP awards. Wallace for Wallace and Jennings for baseball and softball from Flower Mound, respectively. Right. And um, with Brian, I mean, we'll get to, uh, you know, we'll dive into 9-6-A in, in earnest in a bit, but we've got you here, you know, obviously Prosper factors in pretty significantly in both baseball and softball in 9-6-A. I mean, baseball, they've been the team to beat all season long, so uh, I mean, yeah, it's natural that, uh, you know, a lineup is, is star-studded as Prospers, you know, will eventually, you know, work its way into the uh, the district MVP candidacy in some fashion. But I guess right now with the Eagles, I guess kind of who do you feel like could be the uh, potential MVP candidates for that pro for that squad? Well, someone from that team has to win MVP. You know, given their season. Uh, I mean, the district champions. Uh, you know, top ranked in the state out of that district, one of the top, I believe, top five. Last time I checked. But who do you give it to? Last year, <laughs> last year they had a similar season. But they made a really deep playoff run, five rounds deep, and they didn't have a district MVP. Yeah. They had a defensive. So dist- there's precedent. True, <laughs> true. They had a bunch yeah. of first team selections. They had a defensive player of the year in Connor Jackson, who's also their leadoff hitter, one of the best defensive shortstops in the entire area. Uh, you know, you had you know Braden Webb. Uh, who, who's back? Luke Johnson, both first team selections. Luke Johnson bats cleanup right there. Catcher, big home run hitter. We had him on the podcast earlier this year. 
But, I mean, if I had to give it to someone, I'd be looking at Caleb Putnam. Okay. With the pitching performances he has had this season, you know, the biggest question mark uh, for Rick Carpenter and his squad coming into the year was pitching. He he lost a big bulk of his starting pitching from a year ago, and he said... And I don't know. We're going into nine six A, you know, with a bunch of new faces at, at, in the in the in the rotation. And Caleb Putnam has come in as that ace. Uh, he had a big win over Allen last week. Gave up no earned runs in that game. But then you go into <laughs> to the, the the following game when they win eight uh, nothing, and you have uh, Jack Warren and. and uh, and Jay and, Cosner and Jay Cosner come in and pitch. You know they pitch a shutout as well. And it's like, well, they're they're pitching great in the rotation. You have so many guys that are stepping up that are just dominating at certain times. Dalton Davis, you know, a kid transferred from Independence last year. He's batting the three hole. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job as well. So it's it's like pick your poison with mm-hmm. this Prosper team. There's not one guy. And Carpenter told me this at the beginning of the year that we don't have you know a superstar you know that's getting drafted by the Rangers this year. But we just have so many good high school baseball players mm-hmm. right now, and that's been the key to their success. Mm-hmm. It is, because, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of get to it a little bit later on, but that is the funny thing about Prosperous. As good as they are, you expect a team that's, you know, top five in the state or yeah. whatever to have this blue-chip prospect, but it really is just so solid one through nine, and those two pitchers, Putnam and Cosner as well. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, because naturally you'd expect that somebody on that team is going to at least get some votes, yeah. for sure, just given as dominant as they've been. But, um, but yeah, and then on the uh, on the softball side of things, you have Prosper, which finished second place in District 9-6A. I know that um, if you're just going off of narrative, you know the, this, the Tatum Boyd story is pretty incredible yeah. this year with Plano West, and then what Kinsey Cackley has done over with McKinney Boyd and squeaking them into the playoffs. Um, one of the great pitching seasons in recent you know, state history, it seems like. Um, nevertheless, the Prosper just, well, I mean, arguably the best offense in that district. Who do you foresee, I guess, working their way into the MVP conversation with the Lady Eagles? When you think of that offense, you think Julia Bumford. Mm-hmm. She leads that team with eight home runs. She had seven a year ago, eight doubles. She's at eight home runs, six doubles right now. Um, she's only committed one error uh, in the field as well. You think of Gabby Coffey behind mm. the plate. We mentioned her earlier in the in the week in the podcast. She made the Brazilian national team in softball. She's only got one error uh, behind the plate as well. But, I mean, they're not Tatum Boyd numbers. Uh, they're not doing it from both sides of the plate. There's no Rachel Eckroat like there was last mm. year. Rachel Eckroat would be giving the uh, McKinney Boyd girl a run for her money for the top pitcher because Rachel Eckroat had a terrific year last year. But, you know, it's been a collective effort uh, by the pitching staff for Prosper. Alyssa Griffin, uh, Marissa Mejia, they both have seen pretty much split time in the circle this year. I don't know if that'll, you know, get them in that MVP discussion. Uh, but it, it, the name that definitely comes to mind is uh, Julia Bumper. She's that big bat in the middle of the lineup that you definitely have to sometimes pitch around. Uh-huh. And that is a look at uh, at least some of the uh, the MVP selections for District 66A and I guess some stuff with Prosper Baseball and Softball. We'll kind of pick up there. Maybe see. We'll see if uh, if Prosper has actually worked into my picks or Taylor Raglan's picks and see if we uh, where we stand on what's uh, on some MVP picks for District 96A Baseball and Softball. Plus we'll bring in Devin Hassan talk some of the action on in, uh, East Dallas County and we will uh, do a quick lineup change and pick things up in just a moment. And we continue our discussion on some district MVP talk with a look at um, yeah just some of the uh, some of the MVP candidates in uh, Region Two Six A. And for this one, um, I'm being joined by Taylor Raglan and Devin Hassan. Uh, Taylor, we um you know we I, we spent a very very taxing amount of time discussing who could be the Nine Six A Baseball MVP. Because oh man, yeah. It's like I feel like each. 
each district, each season kind of takes on its own unique identity as far as what mm-hmm. the district's strong suits are. And I'm just trying to think. I mean, it feels like for years it's always been a, uh, a hitter or a player, yeah. or a player or, or a player who contributes, you know, both on the mound and at the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the kind of the, the conclusion that we came through is just you know delving into some of the you know the powerhouse teams in this district, like you know Prosper and, and Allen and Boyd and Jesuit. There just wasn't a a slam dunk home There's run not candidate a, as far as hitters go. Yeah. This wasn't a district that was defined really by offense. There's not a Jack Sigrist this year. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, there, there's not that kind of standout where, you know, no matter where their their team finishes in the postseason mm-hmm. race, as long as they get in, they, they kind of had this one guy that, you know, here's our guy that hits three and, and hit 350 and had, you know, five bombs and a bunch of RBI. Like, it just didn't exist this year. Every team at the top even was very, you'll get Prosper, Allen, Boyd, Jesuit. They're all very deep oh, yeah. and very good. But nobody is head and shoulders above anybody yeah, these else. These teams get by on balance yeah. more than anything versus having just these you know, these blue chippers and yep. whatnot. So I think that was the uh, then the kind of the uh, the conclusion that came from that is it's probably uh, I don't know you might see some crossover between uh, you know MVP and pitcher of the mm-hmm. year because there were some pretty solid arms in this district. Oh yeah. And I think as far as uh, the conclusion that we came to as far as where we're favoring basically it came down to I mean you look at some of the arms that were you know, made the headlines in this district. You know Prosper's one two punch of Caleb Putnam and. Jack Co- uh, Jake Cosner, I should say, um, you know Jesuits, you know Jack Lynch, mm-hmm. um, you know with McKinney Boyd, Chad Brown, Allen with Brett Tanksley. Um, you look at what um, you know, even though we don't necessarily, this team doesn't fall within our coverage area, but what Lynch did over mm-hmm. with Jesuit this season. Um, I mean, you've got the numbers right in front of you. Just, I mean, this kid's resume is yep. pretty unimpeachable. Yeah, I think that you know when it. I mean, I, I'll read his numbers really quick. He's uh, you know sub one ERA, .99 according to their website, five and one. Uh, the only loss was two to one. Allen, I believe. There's no shame in that. It was a good baseball game, and, you know, I don't even know off the top of my head if he gave up both those runs. I mean, I would think so, but um, you know, 35 um, in a third innings, 21 hits, 58 strikeouts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, opponent's batting average. It's all in district play, not over the entire season. I'm sure those numbers are even crazier, you know, over the entire season, but this is just within uh, 9-6A. Guys were hitting 164 off of him, so, you know, it is a year where I think that all of the MVP candidates, at least in my mind, are, are on the mound. I think his numbers and just what he meant to that Jesuit team, which you know looks like it's going to get in the postseason mm-hmm. by taking care of the teams that it should have down the stretch. But you know, it, it was almost automatic. You know, it reminds me of Jack Hatchup for West last year. He's had a little bit of a rougher year, um, a little bit of a tough luck year. I, I wouldn't say that he was any worse, but yeah. you know, Lynch had that same feel of I'm going out every Friday, and when I go out on the mound we're probably just going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way things go. Um, like I said, that one loss to Allen, but, you know, his numbers are just uh, pretty insane uh, compared to some of the other ones. You know, maybe pitcher of the year goes to Putnam for Prosper for his performance mm-hmm. and the Eagles' performance overall. And, and there's some other guys that are that are right up there. But, yeah, for me, I think Lynch just, he had it going all, all season long, um, never really had a start off. And, and his numbers, like I said, are, I mean, 58 strikeouts and 35 innings. He's just he's mowing people down. So yeah, because with Prosper, like the initial inclination when we were thinking about okay, who's the MVP candidate? Well, okay, well let's look and see what yeah. the best team in the district has to offer because Prosper has been head and yep. shoulders above everybody else. But you just you look through their top five: Connor Jackson, Braden Webb, Dalton Davis, Luke Johnson, and Adam Sheriff. And they're just you can't really make a definitive case mm-hmm. for one over the other. They're just like again, they just rely on the collective more yep. so than just a couple individual standouts. Um, but just for context's sake, I mean, you look at their pitchers. You know, Caleb Putnam. I mean, just a one point two six ERA mm-hmm. in district. 
play. Um, 21 hits allowed, only five earned runs, 32 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And then Cosner, who I saw last Friday, shut out Allen. He's had a couple shutout performances under his belt this season, but um, you know, just a 1.67 year. It really was only like, I guess, McKinney Boyd was the only team that really got to him. Everybody else, though, yeah. I think he had just like two earned runs beyond the, the, the Boyd game where he gave up five. Uh, but he's got, you know, what, 40, uh, 46 strikeouts, only seven earned runs. I mean, yeah. he's been, I mean, they've been great all season. That team is just, they are just so uh, mature and mm-hmm. balanced and organized. I mean, everything about that Prosper team is really, really solid. But as far as that one individual standout, that befitting of an MVP honor, Jack Lynch of Jesuit makes a pretty, pretty solid case there. Yeah, I think it has to be, yeah. you know, the best standout player. And like I said, Lynch just kind of had that feeling this year of, well, you know, we're playing Jesuit on Friday. So. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Lynch, and, and we're probably going to lose. <laughs> that's just the way. I mean, it's, he had that kind of uh, dominance this season, and, and I think that's kind of what defines an MVP over just pitcher of the year. With uh, with softball, though, it feels like there was a, arriving to this conclusion didn't require no. as, as much legwork. <laughs> no. It feels like this has been a uh, kind of a two-horse race all season long between Tatum Boyd over at Plano West and Kinsey Cackley with McKinney Boyd. Um, I mean, with uh, with Tatum, you know, just, I mean, the, the narrative is is all too poetic. A team, you know, she got injured last season during district play, missed the majority of the district schedule. Plano West, a young Plano West team, suffered for it, missed the playoffs. She's at full strength this season, and they're undefeated in district. So, I mean, if that's not value, I don't yeah. know what is. Well, and it's, she has it on both sides of the plate. Yeah. I mean, on both sides of the of the field, too. I mean, she, Cackley, for her complete dominance, is your classic almost pitcher of the year because nobody was as good as her uh, in the circle, not even close. I Which think she's fair. easily yeah. got the, the best numbers. She was unbelievable. But just the moments that Tatum Boyd had, she's, you know, nearly just as good in the circle. Mm-hmm. But then the moments at the plate when she wasn't getting intentionally walked, you know, I mentioned, um, Earlier this week on the podcast, the the uh, the grand slam against Plano East, the the home run against McKinney Boyd in that marathon game. There's yeah. so many moments where she gets a chance to swing the bat, and you just have that feeling of you know. I talked to head coach Mike Ledsom about this. She's one of those players where you know, like the the East game, for instance. She comes up, bases loaded, two outs, and it was almost like everybody just knew what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like she's one of those players where it's like, yeah, of course she's going to just hit a grand slam here and we're going to be done we're going to move on but yeah I, I think just her overall contribution how evident it is the difference she makes for that program yes. from you know season to season I think it's it's uh, you know she's the unquestioned MVP in my mind for sure because those numbers for Cagley are nothing to snuff at either. oh they're, they're incredible it's 0.59 yeah. ERA almost 400 strikeouts um, an opponent batting average of point one. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. And <laughs> having got to see her last week against Plano, we've seen her. It's so yeah, it is no joke. She is absolutely terrifying. unanimous pitcher of the year. Not close, yeah, but yeah. just Boyd's everything that Boyd brings to the program is is pretty insane. Devin, how about you over in District Ten Six A? Between what uh you know what Saxy and Wiley were able to do on softball, I mean, where do you feel like the district MVP is going to go? Uh, you know, it's it, typically these things do go to the best player on the best team, and that mm-hmm. what, that would be Wiley. But you know, Wiley sometimes that cancels each other out too. When you have legitimate stars, I mean, any Gunther, they're outstanding pitcher, um, a one point oh three ERA, yeah. uh, just a, a lockdown, uh, solid arm. Isabella Dayton is one of the best hitters in the area. She's hitting better than six hundred. Uh, Ryland Wiggins, um, it, you know, provides that that power in the middle of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think Wiley, top to bottom, is just a, is an outstanding all-around team. Mm-hmm. So is Saxy. Yeah. But I think that uh, Maddie Boyd, who won the district MVP last year, um, is is a, is a 
top candidate once again to mm -hmm. repeat. I mean, she had an instant for a sexy program that it was good. You know, she was great as a sophomore. I started playing as a sophomore at Lovejoy before she transferred over to Saxy, and she had a big impact. You know, over at Lovejoy yeah. for a couple of years, and I, th I think you know we we talked about. You know the all-around. You know people who can contribute and be impact players both on the mound and at the plate. Um, and Batty Boy is certainly one of those. I mean, she's got 142 strikeouts uh, in 79 innings, a 2.38 ERA uh, at the plate. She's hitting 627, which is, I mean, when you look at that, it kind of wow. Uh, but she's still got power. Six home runs, 14 doubles, 45 RBIs. You know, again, she hits in the heart of that lineup. Um, and I just think her impact, uh, both on the mound and the plate, um, I, I think she probably gets the nod um, just because, you know, Wiley is top to bottom there. They have a lot of candidates for us. I think Saxe, for as many good players as they have, Matty Boyd kind of stands above the rest in terms of these uh, MVP discussions. How about over in the, the baseball uh, district for, uh, for 10-6A? You know, uh, each one of the four playoff teams kind of has that same type of player we're talking about, uh, outstanding pitcher and outstanding at the plate. Uh, every, every, each of them have a, a very you know, legitimate candidate, uh, Rowlett, uh, Ethan Green, who was the Offensive Player of the Year uh, last season, has taken on a, a heightened role on the pitching staff this year, and he's excelled. Uh, ben Van Manen over at Naaman Forest is their go-to ace that, um, you know, I, I think he lost once to Saxe this year, but he's been kind of a lockdown guy. Otherwise, uh, Dylan Hill over at Lakeview has kind of played that same role. But... Saxy, um, you know, is 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 you know the top dog right now, and uh, Chase Alford has uh, been outstanding for them mm -hmm. this year. Uh, Zero point five six ERA, fifty six strikeouts in fifty innings, so a little over one per frame, and he's also hitting four fifteen. Leads the team in batting average, leads the team in RBIs, and just done a little bit of everything for. You know, what's been the best team in the district, and so I think Chase Alford uh, is, is your 10-6A MVP. With um, over an 11-6A, um, you know, that's that's a district that is a bit more dominated by the Rock Wall area of uh, programs and whatnot. But um, with Mesquite Horn, which is, I believe, bound, is they're in the playoffs in softball. They're currently in fourth place in uh, in baseball. So uh, yeah, kind of, how do you see the MVP race shaking up in that district? You know, it's Rock Wall and Rock Wall Heath. Um, have a lot of outstanding players. I mean, Samantha Bean, Reagan Swindell, Paige Harris, Lexi Coward over at Rockwell, Tristan Court, one of the better hitters in the area, uh, as well as Shelby Curtis, an outstanding pitch over at Rockwell Heath. Um, you know, Horn has is, is a balanced unit. You know, I've talked about Taylor Thompson uh, um, and whatnot. Now, in the top of their order with Leah Deaver, Tabitha Borden, uh, Megan Youngman, players like that. Uh, Honestly, if I had an MVP vote right now, and it's kind of hard to say because I don't see a lot of these teams playing on a consistent basis, yeah. but Kennedy Cameron, uh, the outstanding pitcher out at Longview, um, this is a Longview team, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to peg because they, they're three hours away, basically, but uh, Kennedy Cameron is a three-year uh, starter, and she's been dominant uh, on the mound, and uh, they, you know, they handed Rockwall the district champion their only loss uh, in, back in the 11-6-day opener, and I just think and she's also one of the better bats. Um, you know that they have so you know i think the fact that rockwell heath and rockwell are so deep and balanced uh, kind of some of those players that we talked about in, in your yeah. districts kind of cancel each other out whereas i think kennedy cameron is kind of that go-to player at longview and i think she's going to get a lot of consideration for that mvp plenty of uh, plenty of worthy candidates over in our 5a schools as well and we will uh, i guess pick that up with a look at region 1 5a which i'm guessing is going to feature a pretty spirited debate between jada coleman and lauren <laughs> lucas as far as who will get a uh, you know, bragging rights in District uh, 85A. We will uh, touch on that in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 
14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? This is Taylor Ragland out here at Point West, out at the softball field with uh, senior star Tatum Boyd. Uh, you guys were uh, undefeated in district play, getting ready for the first round of the playoffs. A uh, little Tuesday practice here. So, um, you know, I guess the big question for you, Tatum, is, you know, you missed a lot of last season uh, with an injury. I know it was kind of a personal redemption thing that, that you wanted to come back and, and use your senior year to try to get back in the postseason. So, you know, how much fun has it been to, to help engineer this undefeated run and, and be healthy and, and really kind of make some uh, pretty special memories this year? Um, yeah, last year it did suck. Um, I did get hurt like right at the beginning of the district, and I missed the majority of it. Um, but I think that really helped me get stronger mentally. Um, sitting on the sidelines, I think I learned a lot, and I was able to use that this year. Um, it was definitely a big motivation factor coming into this year. You know, it's my last year, and um, I just feel like this team is got it, and I feel like everyone believes in one another, and we all have a lot of confidence in each other, and it's been a blast. You know, when you say this team has got, you know, it, kind of that X factor, what really do you think sets this team apart from, you know, your previous high school experiences? Um, you know, we got a couple more freshmen this year, and I felt like they might have been the missing puzzle pieces. Um, I feel like our team chemistry is awesome this year. Um, everyone gets along. We don't have any, like, problems within the team. And I think that's a big part of winning is team chemistry and just everyone having fun together. Now, obviously, a, a pretty small core of seniors that uh, you can see there behind you, but, you know, an impactful one. So, you know, as a group, um, you know, what have, what have you guys kind of done to uh, really lead the way and, and try to take on a little bit of that kind of leadership identity uh, for you guys? Um, yeah, we just, I mean, try to be an example on and off the field. Um, Michaela and Shelby both do a really good job communicating with everyone, and me and Elisa are kind of more of the on-field leaders, I'd say, so we both kind of have our different roles that we take. You know, you and Elisa, you know, have been teammates throughout the high school experience. You know, she's just as much a veteran as you are and, and been around for pretty much the entirety of y'all's, uh, y'all's experience on varsity. So, you know, what kind of relationship do the two of you guys have and, and how special has it been to, to kind of go through this process with her? Um, yeah, we've been on the same club team, too, since eighth grade. Um, so we've been playing. I've played every game with her the last five years of my life. So just getting to have her behind me every pitch, um, it's kind of a security blanket. You know, I always get, know she's got my back and I have her and I mean we've been best friends on and off the field since then so it's awesome you know kind of moving into the postseason obviously like I, I mentioned the undefeated run through district and in a tough district at that you know some some tough games and some close ones and, and some narrow uh, some narrow victories yes. for sure but but now it's time to uh, you know kind of refocus on on the secondary goal which is you know postseason run so what's kind of what's that process been like of, of trying to kind of erase the the undefeated season and realize that, that this is a new season yeah um, I mean just kind of sticking to what we've been doing um, practices look a little bit different they're a little bit shorter and we're able to like focus more on one specific thing every day um and you know there's no jv out here so there's less people and a lot more focus to the smaller things um Mm -hmm. so that should help a lot you know, you're a big part of, you know, the, the team's success and in the circle and at the plate, <laughs> at least when you get a chance to hit. I know you've also uh, been walked a pretty significant number of times this year. But, you know, what do you think is, is kind of the identity of this group and, and what really makes you guys tick and how you guys plan on, on winning some softball games in the postseason? Um, yeah, like I said, just the team chemistry, um, just continuing to work together and shaking off little airs and stuff and not letting them come back to hurt us along the way. And, yeah, just having fun. 
you know, it's a, a one-game playoff in the first round. You know, those are always, you know, it's winner go home right from the beginning. Um, you know, there's no do-overs. So, right. you know, what do you guys expect out of out of your first-round opponent, and, and what are you guys kind of keying in on for your game Thursday? Um, we know the pitching's a little bit different than what we've been seeing in our district. So, um, a couple of our coaches went to the game last night, and so we've been kind of adjusting to that pitching speed, and we're just going to go out there and get on top early and keep it going. I guess kind of the last thing is, you know, your senior season, uh, opportunity to make some more memories. But, you know, on one hand, what do you what do you already uh, think you'll remember about this season? And, and then what's kind of your goal and your expectation and, and hope for more memories to be made to come in the postseason? Um, definitely the undefeated will be the biggest thing I'll remember. Um, and just the girls that we've gotten to play with. Um, I think my expectations are we can take this all the way. And as long as we keep playing the way we have been, I think we're going to go far. And I want to go out with a state championship my senior year. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tatum. Uh, that's all out here from Plano West. Uh, the softball playoffs obviously get under later this week. So uh, we'll continue talking about that on the podcast, I'm sure. But uh, that's uh, all out here from Plano West. We'll get back to the podcast. And, and thanks again, Tatum. Thank you. Welcome back to the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Thanks again to Tatum Boyd for joining me. I was there, and now I'm here uh, in the host seat uh, for a little 5A Region 1 talk with Brian Murphy, Justin Thomas. Uh, and 5A Region 1, uh, at least around here at Star Local Media, it's going to be pretty much exclusively 8-5A. We're talking Little Elm, Colony, Lake Dallas, um, some teams not from our markets, especially in baseball, our, our baseball teams not. Um, totally decided who will make the postseason out of 8-5-A yet, but you know, definitely no district champion with Denton kind of running away with things over there. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's get into it with baseball. Like I mentioned, you know, Denton is is kind of the leader of the pack. Um, they've lost two games. Did Little Elm get them once? They did. So Little Elm got them once. Lake Dallas got them once. Um, the MVP for 8-5-A will likely come from that team. Um, you know, 10 or 11 and 2 heading into the last uh, game of the season, something like that. So, um, I guess we can just kind of talk about for our respective teams who stood out. You know, who was important, who kind of um, engineered some success because we do have some teams having some success. The Colonies had a down year, um, you know, lacking pretty much any returners. Uh, mm-hmm. But Little Elm and, and Lake Dallas are right there in the mix, especially Little Elm, right, pretty much underneath Denton. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess I, I can get mine out of the way, I guess, because the, <laughs> the district MVP um, is not coming from Lake Dallas this season. They're still right there on the postseason bubble, um, still yet to be decided, but. You know, if I had to choose somebody that uh, really drives Lake Dallas, it's the same guy that drives their football team. It's Ryan Depperschmidt. Um, you know, he leads off for them, uh, plays <laughs> the outfield when he's not pitching. Uh, he's their ace, their their Friday guy when he when he is on the mound, and that would easily be Lake Dallas's MVP. But but like I said, they they don't have a dog in the fight for for the MVP race. But mm-hmm. little well, there might be a case for for somebody over there. Depperschmidt, though, if we would have had a pick. Prior to the season, you know MVP oh, yeah. season picks. Oh yeah, I would have actually picked Ryan Depp. Yeah, he's in. The, he's, he's well. The last two seasons, he's been offensive player of the year mm-hmm. um, in his respective district. Um, you know, he's taken over that role of ace with Mason Meeks yeah. gone. Mason Meeks was absolutely yeah. freakishly dominant. Um, obviously, not around at Lake Dallas anymore. He's he's on uh, doing his work in college and all that good stuff. But you know, Debra Smith slotted right into that role. Just a true competitor, two sport athlete. So yeah, that I mean, that would have been my pick probably because I think I had Lake Dallas. Contending for a district championship, maybe yeah. winning the district championship, and and that hasn't panned out. Denton kind of, you know, they're outside our coverage area, so it's tough mm-hmm. for us to kind of predict some of those teams sometimes. But you know, they've obviously got something going on. But yeah, I mean, 
Deborah Schmidt was a preseason favorite for sure. Still, I would say, obviously, the, the most valuable person to Lake mm-hmm. Dallas, but, you know, not going to be in that conversation, yeah. I wouldn't think. Maybe, you know, for for another superlative or, or who knows, but that MVP award, I would imagine, is going to go to a Bronco. But, like I mentioned, Little Elm, you know, maybe. Maybe they have something to say about that. You mentioned two sport athletes are Ryan Depper Schmidt. Logan Kohler, he used to be a two-sport mm-hmm. athlete. He was a quarterback his sophomore and junior year. Now he's just sticking just to baseball because he's pretty good at it. <laughs> he's going to OU for a reason. He's been committed since his freshman year. He's easily one of the best baseball players in the area. Right. Uh, he's the best offensive player, one of their better pitchers as well. He's kind of been a starter, been a closer. He's kind of a hybrid role on the mound. Leads the team with five home runs, 11 RBIs. He's got a sub-1 ERA. He's got four wins on the mound. Uh, this season, 36 strikeouts. Did I mention he's going to OU? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's a stud. He's he's hands down that that glue and that leader uh, of that team, vocally and uh, with his play on the field. And he's been a big reason why they're going to finish second in that district. I have not seen Denton play this year. I don't, other than some box scores and some stuff like that. I don't know who their clubs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who they. I've seen them once. I saw that loss to Lake Dallas, which is kind of tough to evaluate because you know Ryan. It was a who stood out. It was it was, yeah, it was a it was a rainy um, rainy day, raining off and on. Deborah Schmidt had a good day. It was the final score was two one, and it was one one all the way up until mm-hmm. the sixth. Um, so you know it, it's tough to determine something like no that. No MVP from, performances, and I mean like I would their shortstop. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, you know he he had a little something on the okay. on the play um, that actually put Lake Dallas ahead for good. It was an infield hit, and he almost pulled off. You know, a, just an incredible highlight reel. It was a it was a top ten play. You know, just for the fact that he was able to field it in the hole and get up and make the throw, and you know, it, it ended up being a base hit. But I mean, he he's got he's got something. So um, you know, I, I can look. So shout out that guy. Yeah, shout out shortstop. For it, it really bugs me. I can't remember his name because I. I wrote and Max Preps doesn't have the roster. Yeah, I wrote so about I it in my story, but it's but like the old school video game. Yeah, shortstop. Yeah, yeah. shortstop. But in any case. <laughs> They, they have some talent, obviously, to, to be able to be, you know, as I mentioned, ten and two heading into this week. Does Reese Parker ring the bell? Does that might, might be him? That might be. Yeah, that sounds right. Shout out Reese yeah, Parker. Yeah, that sounds right. A senior. Yeah, I think that's his name. Um, but like I said, in any case, ten and two, and kind of run away with it. Little Elm seven and four, and then just a huge jumble of of who knows what's about to happen. Four five win teams um, yeah. coming into coming into this uh, this week, and still a lot to be determined with the rain. I don't think like Dallas got their game in no. uh, earlier this week, so it's going to be all over the place. But um, you know, I mentioned kind of the the down year on the diamond uh, as far as baseball is concerned for the colony, but yeah. I know you know for softball, pretty predictable and a pretty predictable MVP candidate for. Uh, for the Lady Cougars over there, they have a couple of them actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, you look at Carly Charles and what she's done in the circle. The Iowa State signee, how about twenty-seven and one on the year with a one point one two ERA, two hundred two strikeouts and one hundred sixty-two innings. So, shout out to Carly. You know, in some districts, pitching-wise, that would be enough to maybe get MVP honors. Mm-hmm. But when you have a, a teammate like Jada Coleman, yeah, it's going to make it tough, tough to do. Um, Jada, you know, she was two-time MVP, All-American, playing on the Olympic training team and everything, one of only two juniors in the whole country to get picked to that team. Um, And she's doing it again, doing everything. She's a wizard in the field, a rare left-handed shortstop with a 993 fielding percentage. And you know she's just not she's not out there just making the routine plays. Yeah. Either. You know she makes the the web gem type plays, and then when you look at what she does offensively, six ninety four average, seven twenty six OBP, one point one two slug, 
40 steals, 5 homers, 53 runs, 26 RBIs. Like, she really does it all. And you, I don't think you can account for, like, the pressure that she puts on opposing defense right. position and, and pitchers from that leadoff spot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty confident that if, you know, she was hitting the middle of the order and was, you know, sandwiched between <coughs> some good hitters instead of the leadoff spot and would see more pitches, she would have more than five homers because she oh, has, yeah. you know, both both – Mm-hmm. Opposite and pull power, but she still has some studs hitting in that lineup. She does. Though. She definitely has good hitters be- behind her, but I think just she doesn't. S- I mean, teams walk her from the leadoff spot. Yeah. Do you, do you think and that'll hurt her in her case for MVP or help her? I think it. I think it hurts her power numbers, but I think that who the teams that vote, the coaches that yeah. vote, know what she does and what she yeah. brings from a fear, not yeah. just numbers, but from just an intimidation. It's almost like and just the pressure she puts on the defense. A, a single is almost guaranteed triple with her stolen yeah. bases. She can leg it out. You know, she's only struck out twice the whole season. Wow. So, hmm. I mean, it's almost like, you know, we had our conversation about Tatum Boyd, and then, you know, obviously she was the guest. It's a similar thing. You know, I, she's had two huge game-altering, game-winning home runs this season, but who knows how many home runs and how many moments she would have like that if she wasn't getting intentionally walked all the time and pitched around and, and everything else. So there's definitely, especially for the MVP award, there's always kind of that aura and that mystique and like, well, you just kind of know. I mean, look at R.J. Hampton in basketball. Yeah. Whether he wins it or not, for you at least, your argument was, I mean, he's R.J. Hampton. How can you not? Yeah. I mean, he's the best player and it's clear. But I know you have a uh, you have a dog in the fight and, and an argument against this. That's why I'm sitting in the middle. That's why I'm in the host seat. <laughs> I want to make sure you guys weren't uh I'm surprised weren't this close. isn't a boxing game. <laughs> yeah, right I, know. I, thought, yeah. I thought we were going to change the Might the come set to blows here. for the first time in podcast history. But I know you have somebody uh, in 85A on the softball diamond that's, uh, that stood out for you as yeah. well. I'm not denying that Jada Coleman is not the best player in that district, but she is. With, with everything accounted for, she's going to go on to have a great career. On the unbeaten district champs. Yeah, exactly. They're the best team in the district as well. But when you talk about most valuable player and a player that does so many things, I know Jada Coleman does a lot of things defensively and at the plate. We know that. But when you look at Lauren Lucas from Little Elm, she is right there with the Colony Girl in pitching. Maybe, you know, they, her numbers are, are, are godly, but, you know, Lauren Lucas is is doing all right there, too. 110 strikeouts, 12-4 record, 1.55 ERA, and she also bats cleanup for Little Elm. She's got seven home runs, 49 RBI. She's batting 650. Those are... Those, those are some pretty ridiculous numbers yeah. too. Like yeah. it's not like all right, she's having an okay year in you know one of these and dominating the other. She's dominating in both, and mm-hmm. she's getting recognized in both. She's going to Wichita State. She's been committed there since her freshman year, and in any other district, any other five A yep. district, she is the MVP. But this one, it's most likely going to go to Jada Coleman, and I, you know she is the best player, and it's not just because of who she is. And you know what she's done in the past. She's still doing it now. Yeah. And I, you can, you got to respect that. I'm not I'm not you know being a homer about that. Yeah. I'm not you know ignoring that fact. But Lauren Lucas deserves some recognition. Yeah. Co MVP. I wouldn't be mad at it. It kind of it kind of be the easy way out. <laughs> but you know, it's, she, Lucas definitely deserves some some sort of recognition. Some sort of uh, you know. There is an offensive there. player of the year. I'm sure. I mean that, that may but be. But Lauren know, Lucas is no, also. Super awesome uh, pitcher. There's a pitcher yeah. of the year. There's yeah. everything. I mean, but then the pitcher of the year is probably going to yeah. go to the Colony. Or you got to you got to figure there's a superlative out there for for Lucas to to fit in yeah. somewhere underneath you know Jada Coleman and just you know like we talked about. She'll get something. I, I just hope it's not utility player of the year. That'd be yeah. that'd be kind of insulting. I mean, it could 
theoretically makes sense to have Lucas the MVP and then Carly and Jada the offensive and yeah. pitcher of the year. But I just can't. But then that's a disservice to Jada. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it could be like one of those crazy scenarios where you have a player win Gatorade Player of the Year, but. Yeah. Oh, it sounds kind of <laughs> familiar. Weird, with a little one involved as well. Sometimes that's how the voting goes, though, but um, I don't know. I just feel like when you're the district champion and you have a a spark plug and a just an incredible talent like Jada Coleman, I just, yeah. I just can't see that. Or her, stole, her stolen base numbers, too. 40. Yeah, 40. Yeah, see, that's stupid. That's another thing, too. Yeah. I think that could... 53 yeah. runs, 40 steals. Yeah. Striking out twice is, in the whole season is yeah. a pretty nice trick, also. Ask her what happened on those two <laughs> if she's named MVP. I'm like, what? sure she knows the umpire. <laughs> Did Lauren Lucas strike her out with it? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I guess if that's, uh, that's all you guys have, we'll see how it turns out. Who knows? I mean, there's still... Uh, little softball uh, to be played as far as the postseason stuff, but voting will, will obviously commence soon, um, and we'll eventually find out who gets that A5A award. But you know, that'll do it for the 5A Region 1 portion of the podcast. This marathon edition of, of baseball and softball MVP talk will conclude uh, with one more section covering 5A Region 2 with Brian Justin. Thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll be right back with you shortly. All right, and we are back to wrap things up. I'm Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson, Devin Hassan. You should know who we are by now. Uh, here to uh, you know who we be. <laughs> you know, here for uh, the last segment of our fun discussion. You know, with you know the season uh, on the diamond and softball and baseball wrapping up. You know, there's some MVP candidates have emerged, and so let's kind of discuss who we think uh, in our respective districts could come away with with an MVP uh, out of district. So, you know, of course, a lot of Candidates in my all my ten team Frisco district, uh, McKinney North they're doing big things in ten five a. Of course, with all your your mesquites and everything, West Mesquite, Mesquite Potete, and whatnot over there. And then that in that district, I believe with the uh, with Tyler's and who's in that who's on. Oh, that this, no, this is uh, Forney Kaufman. Oh, Forney. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Forney. Okay. Forney, yes. See, I got my East Texas schools kind of mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's start with baseball. So I know you're in that district with Forney, a uh, team that went to the state title game a year ago. Uh, their two stud pitchers are gone, but do they still have those those MVP caliber candidates or someone else to, to dethrone Forney from that, that ranking? Forney is in first place, but it's not the same Forney we've seen the last couple of years when they had the, the two aces that were so yeah. dominant. Um, uh, in fact, they got beat by Kaufman a week ago. They were mm. pushed by Poteet. Uh, they were able to hold on and win that game 9-8. to eight. They were pushed against North Forney in a four. 14 to 11 loss. So just by hearing those scores, you can tell they don't have the same pitching depth that they've mm-hmm. had in, in, in years past. Now they do. Austin Ream was their third guy last year, uh, who's taken on the ace role. And, and, and you know, I saw him pitch against Prosper in Game Three, and Prosper felt really good about that because Childress and, and Englert they pitched games one and two. Mm-hmm. Prosper took it the distance Game Three. Prosper had their ace, and then they had their their third pitcher, and he pitched a gem. Yeah, he, and he wanted for him, and it was their third guy. So it makes sense that he's now their ace. Yes, yes, and he, and he's very capable. And again, that's that's the thing about uh, a series, though, is is you know obviously if you can get past him, they don't have that same quality depth. But um, I think you know. They're still in first place, and I think the MVP is probably going to come. It, it could be Austin Ream. Um, he's just a, a very good all-around player. But, you know, I think in the consideration, too, is Stephen Fink from Botite. Uh He's a kid who threw no-hitter against West Mesquite last, or two weeks ago. He's their best hitter. He's to the three-hole. Uh, he's got some pop in his bat. And... Um, 
you know, it may be a case where if you look at a team like 40, there's a lot of guys that kind of spread out, uh, you know, the quote-unquote votes because they're, they're, mm-hmm. they have they have several guys that are candidates where I think a guy like Steven Fink, just for what he does on the mound as well as what he does at the plate, uh, is, is certainly a contender for that 13-5 MVP. So moving over to Frisco, lots of candidates here, but, you know, year in and year out, you can always count on Wakeland being that top dog on in baseball. And once again, you know, they're – the, you know they're right there. We're filming this on Monday. They play tonight. So the, either way, they they have the district title locked up at fifteen and one uh, at the moment. The second place team right now is Lone Star at eleven and five. So logically, you'd think the MVP would come from Wakeland. So last year they have the they ha- they do have the reigning district MVP JD Gregson who won it last year as a sophomore. He's their cleanup hitter again as a junior catcher. Leads the district in home runs. Makes sense. Give it to him again. Uh, Hunter Pinnell is leading that team in batting, uh, batting almost 500 on the year. You could maybe give it to a guy like that. Uh, then you also look, you know, there's Ryan Bogus, uh, pitcher and infielder for Lone Star on the team's second best record. He's going to Oklahoma State. He's having a great year on the mound, on the field, at the plate. You know, he's another candidate for, you know, to, to get maybe in consideration for district MVP, but you got to think it'd go to to somewhere from Wakeland. I, you know, no offense to any of the teams from Reedy, Independence Heritage, the, all three of those teams still fighting for the last two playoff spots there. Should be interesting down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, it's got to go uh, to someone from, from Wakeland and kind of a similar scenario for you. McKinney North, they're they're leading the pack in, uh, in 10-5A. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, the, there, there, there's a collection. Not only say they don't have a star for on the softball side, you got somebody like Katie, Caitlin Dillerheim. She's played three sports, but in softball this year, she's emerged as. We're talking baseball. We're talking baseball. Baseball. Okay, baseball. <laughs> we can talk. We, we can talk softball that, here. That's easy. It's, it's, um, they're, they're tied for first, so they they can be first or second. But mm-hmm. they're definitely, as they say in the streets, they're in that thing, mm-hmm. aka the playoffs. But um, the guys have been Isaiah Rose is a Southern Mississippi commit. He's known two one hitters. He's been solid in district. I think he's won four games and gotten two no decisions. And he's definitely the the key guy. He's a guy that you have to see pitch because you watch him. He doesn't throw it terribly fast. He doesn't do nothing spectacular to the eye, but he be getting those outs. Gotcha. So he's very effective and efficient. He's been consistent that way since his sophomore year. He came out as a reliever. Last year he merged in. He started off as a number two, became the ace, and this year he's been the part. And I think another thing, too, that people uh, never know because he's been doing this for a minute, when you have that team, if you don't got those aces like 40, if you have a guy that competes and that keeps you in the game, that, that goes a long way because guys know that this guy's going to keep you. you got a Shot and in the baseball this time of year, that's all you want is a shot. So that's why Rhodes gets my MVP nod because he's been very efficient, but to get his team um, back to the playoffs and hopefully in a district title after not making the playoffs last year. What about McKinney North softball? McKinney North softball, we got multiple two, multiple two. We got Lauren Ledbetter, Caden Deerheim. I was like, what's what is your flavor? <laughs> Deerheim, she does, she pitches and she. Um, um, as hitting um, in district, she batted over 400. She had 15 runs, 15 RBIs. You got Paige Capel, who's also a, a pitcher and a um, and a um, outfielder. But um, if I have to get it, since you, y'all want to put me to the gun, I'll I'll give my vote to Sierra Fabian. She is the, stir, the straw that stirs the drink. She scored 20 runs. She's got 14 RBIs. She's hit three bombs, and she's batting 600. Okay. So I want somebody doing a little pretty solid. Day. And then when she uh, and then when she gets on base, she's getting home because a lot of people are pitching around her. 
because as you know in like 5A you have one or two bats that can carry you too uh-huh. Uh-huh. now what about over there in the, the softball landscape in, in your neck of the woods Devin you know it's uh, <laughs> I, there's there's some very good players um, Poteet uh, Holly Hanahale um, is hitting 550 this season um, she's really kind of the catalyst that gets their offense going for a playoff bound team North Forney's like got that. North Forney's got an outstanding player, Savannah Gunn. But when you're talking 13-5A, it does begin and end with Forney, yeah. the <laughs> state champions. Um, you got someone like Skylar Shaw who's hitting 540. That would be the MVP number in a lot of districts. And then she's, Savannah she's, De Roche. Yeah, that's well, that's what I was, yeah. was going to say. Trinity Cannon is hitting 650 with 12 home runs. Well, <laughs> and uh, again, that's. <laughs> That, that would be MVP. Those are MVP numbers. Oh, yeah. But you mentioned Savannah. She's um, she can do it. She can do it all. I mean, she's hitting five sixty five with eleven home runs. Uh, one of the top power hitters in the in the, in the state. But she's but their also, ace. But also, she's the ace. Mm-hmm. She's got a one point oh five ERA. Uh, she's got the skins in the wall from that state title run a year ago. And um, you know, with all due respect to the other teams in the district, Forney is just dumb. they've given up. They gave they run ruled every game, and they gave up two runs in district. One run, run run to Poteet and one run to Kaufman once. That's the only runs that, that they allowed. So um, it's going to come from Forney. And, um, yeah, there's several candidates there. MVP. And, and, and uh, somebody that well, I've, I've seen but does not, have not, I don't cover, got mad respect for her. Uh, shout out to Jada Coleman. She's rated the number one softball player in America. All you got to do is watch her play one time and you see why. I'm she sure. She's at 778. She's yeah. a left-handed shortstop, and she's committed to Oklahoma, which I'll tell people if they're not familiar with softball and football, Oklahoma is the Alabama to football. Oh, you know, you know, our, our the colony <laughs> guy, softball. Justin Thomas. He's he's made his case for <laughs> for Jada Coleman for MVP and deservingly so. And so you mentioned, you know, Savannah from from Forney does it all in the circle at the plate. You know, there's a couple of those players in Frisco. Also, sure, several. <laughs> there's there's plenty, and you know the first one that comes uh, to mind is Michaela Wark from Reedy. She's batting 597, 35 RBIs, nine home runs. She has 114 strikeouts. That's MVP caliber right there. But then you also have some heavy hitters uh, coming out of you know the the top two teams from that district. Macy Allen has eight home runs. Savvy Williams has seven home runs. She also picked up the win in the circle against Centennial uh, on for last Friday. Savannah Williams. She goes by Savvy Williams. So <laughs> I thought you said she, that. I'm like she, you know, she. So she's another one of those dual threat, you know, you know, players uh, defensively and offensively. But Macy Allen, I think, is their overall best hitter. She had a three run bomb in that game as well and then you like we mentioned earlier in, in the week in our in our first podcast Centennial they just have so many hitters that are deserving of this award but it's like who do you pick you know you pick you know Tatum uh, Tatum Wright you pick Alex Bird you pick Katie Walsh you know three hitters in that heart of the lineup that are part of that bomb squad offense and uh, you, <laughs> they have shirts made of they have well, man they, they should make uh, they, they, they might I might have, I might have seen something on Twitter that, that would be they'd have to you can't waste <laughs> that opportunity and then also Lone Star, you know Morgan Reeve hitting in the heart of the lineup, eight home runs, thirty-two RBIs, lots of lots of worthy candidates there. But if you're putting putting the gun to my head, you know, like we did to you, <laughs> I, I would say it would probably go to Michaela Wark just because of what she's been able to do as a pitcher and a hitter yeah. and their playoff bound. So who knows? They might they might go to one of the Independence girls since they won the district title. Not sure, but all of them 
uh, are, are very, very deserving yeah. of an MVP. And whoever we pick, well, yeah, yeah, stay tuned because we'll have it on the all-area team later on at the end of the season, our new star local, star local flavor. Oh, yeah. We do anything. We've been doing it for every single team. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so and the inaugural star local media <laughs> all-area team. And so that'll, that wraps up our MVP discussion uh, for this edition of the podcast. Playoffs tonight, tomorrow, all weekend. We'll see how all these play out uh, on the diamond. Make sure to stay tuned next week. First round playoff reaction. We might dip into some baseball playoff talk next week as well. So make sure to stay tuned for that uh, next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.